He's breaking it down so you don't have to. This is Breaking It Down with Frank McKay on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. Uh, uh, film and television actor extraordinaire, Aramis Knight. And you, you know him from so much work over the years. And he just uh, everything he's in, I could I could either watch or listen to him do. And uh, you know it, whether it's a voiceover on Megamind or you saw him from The Dark Knight, Valentine's Day, The Mentalist. Uh, what what a nice career that he has put together, and it's just getting better and better. Aramis Knight, you could see him in Ms. Marvel, and streaming starts right now on Disney Plus. Uh, so many people anticipating it. And Aramis Knight, how are you? Oh, I'm very good. How are you, Frank? I'm doing terrific. Uh, are you excited uh, when when things come out uh, like this? Uh, is the first day uh, a, a big deal? I know you're doing like interviews and everything like that, but is it a big day in your household or because you've already seen it as a kind of old hat? I think uh, I think we're a little desensitized to it at this point. You know, I've been like living with it as a bit of a secret for the last, you know, two and a half years or so. So now that it's out and everyone is actually seeing me, uh, it's, it's, it's a bit weird. It's a bit of an, an adjustment. So I would say it hasn't, it hasn't quite sunk in yet. Yeah, anything that has to do with the, the Marvel Universe, the Marvel word, though, is, uh, is always going to be highly anticipated, highly scrutinized, highly looked at. Uh, that's got to be exciting, right? I mean, and, and, you know, the fact that it's coming out today and then the masses, and myself included, will be, uh, will be watching it. Uh, it's, uh, it, it has to be uh, a lot of anticipation on the, uh, on the cast of how the public's going to view it. I, I have a feeling I have a feeling it's going to be a big hit. Uh, but your thoughts on that, the anticipation of how others will receive it? Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, project is made three different times, so it's always kind of hard to tell exactly what you have on your hands, even while you're filming something. So uh, being able to, like, watch the episodes and see actually how good they all came out, um, you know, I was super proud of it. And I think uh, I think every everyone... Uh, really been enjoying it you know we have like the 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 highest uh highest rating on rotten tomatoes of any marvel project ever right now uh so it's it, it's very exciting it, it couldn't be a, a better received so far yeah i, I was just kind of i was just kind of looking at uh, at that uh, as a uh, you know just a prelude to you uh, coming on it's I, very nice very nicely received uh, are you uh, are you someone who grew up a Marvel fan were you uh, or are you kind were you kind of like um, uh, uh, you know on the outside and now uh, kind of getting there or did you grow up reading Marvel watching Marvel um, where, where were you with uh, with regards to all of that yeah, I didn't, uh, I mean, I didn't, I didn't read the comics as a kid, but, you know, I grew up on like the original Iron Man and the Sam Raimi Spider-Mans. Uh, so, you know, I'm no, I'm no stranger to it, but, you know, I'd, I'd be lying if I said I was a huge comic book fan, but I definitely became much more well-versed in the MCU after I became a part of it, that's for sure. 
you know, it's nice to be part of it. It's it's a whole different world. Hey, I'm the same way. I read comic. I'm much older than you. I'm 55, and I read comic books. Uh, you know, growing up, and there wasn't as as much entertainment growing up. You got to see uh, you know big time films uh, in your youth to watch it. So you're coming in uh, from a whole different perspective. But there are people who live Marvel and die Marvel and and everything. And yeah. For good- for good reason, it, and they should be there, and uh, and I'm thrilled that they're enjoying this. Yeah, definitely some of the the greatest fans in the world. That's for sure. I mean, I've I've already felt it with uh, you know just the the first uh, five episodes being out. That uh, you know, it's it's definitely a, a whole a whole different league. Let me ask you, uh, you know, about Beyond, right? I mean, obviously, there's this universe, but you've you've put together a, a really an impressive career, and uh, you had a lot of roles. And you have, uh, you know, voiceovers. You have uh, great work that you've done, uh, you know, on screen, big screen, small screen. Is there is there anything that you're looking to do at this point in your career that you're kind of aiming for, or are you uh, are you kind of just letting the chips fall where they may? You know, work hard and see what comes up, uh, or are you kind of guiding uh, towards different type of roles? I, I think it's a little bit of both. You know, like uh, I think manifestation is really powerful. Like I remember being on. Um, uh, into the Badlands for, you know, four years or so. And uh, everyone on that show saying, oh, you know, Marvel's going to swoop you up. Marvel's going to swoop you up. And, and I kind of didn't think anything of it. You know, I didn't want to, like, project or expect anything. Uh, but but they, they were absolutely right. So I kind of feel like, uh, you know, through through manifestation, you're able to, to, to in, in some way, uh, affect your future. And, and obviously you're going to go after things that you, you want more than, than other things. Um, but, but for me, this is like, you know, an amazing stepping stone. And, uh, next I would love to, I don't know. I want to get some, um, I want to get some, uh, really character roles under my belt, uh, at some point, something where I'm, I'm a little unrecognizable or I get to play something, uh, a little, uh, a little off, off beat. Uh, I think that's something I'd I'd want to do next. Well, I, I think you're going to get your opportunities everywhere you look. Uh, you're you're a hot name right now, and for good reason. It seems like you put a lot of work and a lot of effort into uh, into your craft, and it's uh, it, you know it's manifesting to use kind of your word, uh, your word there. It's manifesting into into good things. What's the rest of you of your year look like, uh, and what what happens uh, next? And I know a lot of things are fluid because of you know still pandemic issues and transitional uh, periods. But do you have a rock solid schedule um, for the rest of the year, or is it fluid? It's pretty fluid. Um, you know, thing, things come up here and there. But uh, for now, I don't have any long term obligations for the rest of the year. Uh, but but you know that that kind of always changes my schedule. Like it feels like it's never really set in stone, so it's hard to tell. I kind of think that's a nice thing too, you know, to have a little uh, little bit of movement in your schedule, especially in the times, and, and it's part of the times and everything else. So, listen, congratulations on uh, on your latest, and it's it's going uh, wonderfully. And the rest of your cast members of Ms. Marvel getting rave reviews everywhere you go, streaming. Uh, starting uh, today exclusively on Disney Plus and a nice place to be. Uh, RMS, can you give us uh, your uh, your social media sites, websites, and and thanks a lot for being here. 
Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, all my social media is just Aramis Knight. Uh, Aramis spelled A-R-A-M-I-S, Knight with a K. Congrats again. We'll be watching, and thanks a lot for being here. Cool, yeah, thank you so much. Aramis Knight, everyone, has been our very special guest. And, uh, you know, he's really put a nice career together and, and going strong. Ms. Marvel, by the way, is, uh, is, is upon us, and uh, you could binge the show and, and get all the episodes, but uh, new shows streaming uh, you know, as of now, I mean, right now, exclusively on on Disney Plus. Once you get into that world, uh, forget it. You got all eyes on you, and uh, and scrutiny and everything else. And he's he's handling it wonderfully. Uh, Aramis Knight has uh, once again been our very special guest. Uh, Frank McKay here. Much more importantly, uh, Aramis, you know, is his uh, work from uh, from all over and. Uh, 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 Ender's Games, uh, Ender's Game, and uh, uh, MK in the AMC series, and Into the Badlands, and you know, certainly uh, had uh, had a good response off of that, and a good, nice cast around him. Good show, actually. And uh, look, the Dark Knight, Mega uh, Mega Mind, Valentine's Day, The Mentalist, uh, some pretty good credits behind them and and the best is yet to come they were right when they said marvel will uh, swoop you up I, that uh, that happens and i could see people prior you know uh, just even prior to to seeing him in uh in all of this uh, you could see that he's the type he's the uh, you know i don't want to say typecast but he's he's the type that marvel uh you know uh, dig up and and fit into their um uh, you know, fit into their uh, uh, their means, and they'll uh, figure out a role for uh, you know for people uh, out there that they uh, that they want. Uh, he, he used the word stepping stone, which uh, you know I don't know you know I want to underline uh, it if if he said that mistakenly, but um, yeah, I don't know <laughs> they want to be known as a stepping stone. But it is he's being candid there. He's being he's being honest, and a lot of people go into it and say you know what. I do a little Marvel. I'll get a little bit of attention, and uh, and then I'm off to the races. Nice to see people young in their career doing it. And by the way, being honest too, he wasn't a big comic book reader. I was at least early on, but I wasn't fanatically into Marvel or DC. And you know, again in the in the 70s, there were a lot less. There was a lot less to do back then uh, than there is now, and there's a lot lot bigger fish to fry for so many. Of the kids, when it comes to entertainment, and they got it right out there, right on their phones, right at their disposal, and uh, you know, good for them, good for my kids growing up with a, with a a much better uh, <laughs> um, selection of entertainment at least. Ms. Marvel is the the name of it, and uh, again, Ender's Game. He was in Into the Badlands, etc. Frank McKay signing off. Our very special guest has been Aramis Knight. Check him out in Ms. Marvel. You can see it now streaming on Disney+. Plus. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you next time on Breaking It Down. This is Breaking It Down with your host, Frank McKay, on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone.
to breaking it down. Frank McKay here with a, a super talent. I mean, uh, for years as a as a writer, producer, uh, artist, guitarist, uh, tremendous. Danny Kochmore is uh, our very special guest, and he's uh, he's written, produced, or uh, or or co-wrote with uh, different people from James Taylor. A tremendous amount of work with Don Henley, uh, Jackson Brown, uh, David Crosby. Uh, Steve, Par- I, I mean, uh, n- names go on and on. John Bon Jovi, uh, tremendous talent, and his latest his, his single's great. It's an old Sparks song uh, called "The Toughest Girl in Town," and it's absolutely terrific. And uh, he is uh, he is playing and performing worldwide uh, with the immediate family, and uh, it's a must catch on the road. Uh, Danny, how are you? I'm just fine. Oh, listen, congrats. Uh, just a, another great tune to add to your uh, uh, long list of of, uh, of tunage over the years. Congrats on this. Yeah, great. Thank you very much, man. Appreciate it. Well, let me ask you, uh, what's uh, how much different do you feel releasing something now uh, than, uh, than way back, you know, going way back? Is it is there a different feel? It's obviously a different business. It's a different uh, way to get the, the market. Do you feel different as a uh, as a producer uh, to to get material uh, you out know, there? Uh, I, you know, I feel the same. My, my values and, and what I love is the same as, as as it always has been. But the as you pointed out, the business, the music business, has changed tremendously. And uh, uh, you know, all we can do is adapt to it to the degree that we can. Um, but it hasn't changed my style of playing or my style of, of writing songs. No, I can't. You know, I, I do what I do. And, um, you know, fortunately for us, we, you know, we have this terrific band. And, you know, when I come up with something terrific, uh, we, we start working on it and, and recording it right away. But uh, as far as how the music business goes, you know, I, I don't pay that much attention to it. That's not my area. My area is to create music. Yeah, I, I mean, well, listen, you've been doing that for years. Uh, Napster, I mean, when, when people made it legal to steal artist music, forget it, the, the music dramatically changed there. But uh, the, you take uh, the terrible there with the, uh, with the good, and the good is that you can get music out there. You could produce uh, a tremendous amount of music and, and get it to the masses quickly. Uh, is there a lot of your music that we haven't heard uh, for whatever reason that you've held back is there a lot of uh, your music, Danny, either produced or or written that we've just never heard as a public? Well, sure. You know, every, everyone has uh, puts out more stuff than, than gets heard. Um, you know, I've been constantly creating music. Uh, you know, well, basically since I was a teenager. So uh, obviously, there's stuff that has been heard. But uh, you know, if oh, there's also stuff I'll, I'll work on and decide it isn't good enough and, and uh, can it, you know. So uh, it's, it's an, an evolutionary process, but the stuff that, that's on our album—that's all stuff we worked up, and we worked out really well, and, and that's the stuff we're the most proud of. You know, let's talk. Let's talk about the album. Give us an overview, and uh, and and how long has it been in the making? Well, you know, we've been working on it for, for uh, more than a year, uh, on and off. Remember, the guys in, in the band are some of the most uh, uh, sought-after musicians, you know, that, that there are. And at one point, Russ and Lenny were out with Lyle Lovett, and then they came back, and we went back to work. Waddy plays with Stevie Nicks. He's the is her uh, musical director. So we have to work around these, you know, some of this stuff. Um, but uh, basically, that that's why it, it took as long as it did. But we worked on it really hard, and we did a lot of, you know, the, 
long time to create the material and then and to figure out how to record it, record it, overdub, mix it. It was a long uh, process, but it was a joy, uh, uh, a joy and a pleasure. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure. I'm I, I'm certain it is. And when you have that kind of talent pool that you're uh, you're working with, uh, everyone assumes that it's so easy to just kind of lay out there. I always, uh, you know, like to play the devil's advocate. You, when you have that much talent there, and you have a lot of creative people getting together, um, I, you know, I imagine I, I imagine ideas. Uh, could be competitive, you know, different people with different ideas. But the guys that you're talking about are pros, and they've played uh, as side people, and they've played as partners and leads and, and everything else. But does that ever become a problem, having uh, too much talent and, and clash of egos? Uh, no, it doesn't. Not with us. We're all grown-ups, for one thing. And second of all, we all appreciate what what, what, what we do individually and collectively, you know. And uh, we're interested in who's got a good idea. There's very little, uh, uh, there's no arguments, you know, and there's no clashes of the ego. We're all on the same page. We want to make it great. Somebody has an idea, we try it. If it doesn't work, we all know it. Every, you know, we've been playing together so long that we basically agree on what works and what doesn't work. And so there's very minimal uh, yelling, none, really. You know, listen, it's it's great. Uh, but once again, uh, congrats on on this single. Congrats on the album. Um, I, give us a, a, and maybe an, if you don't mind, an overview on what, what the uh, plan is here. Do you have extensive touring in front of you? And pardon my ignorance on it. I don't have a schedule uh, in front of me. Or is it is it something in the works? Well, both. We we already have some gigs booked, uh, and we've already done four or five gigs out here in, in uh, California. We'll be playing on the East Coast as well. Uh, and then uh, next year, we're going to start up again and try to hit as many markets as we can, play for as many people as we can. You know, I, I've got to believe when, uh, you know, again, you have this kind of resume, not only yourself, but everybody else in the band, uh, in, in different areas, you're going to have guest performers come up and you're going to have this one popping up on stage and this one. And I, I would also think that, uh, it's going to be somewhat of a reunion every time you hit a new uh, market, or at least a, a different market, I should say, uh, that you're going to have these different performers, these uh, great musicians, uh, just there to see you. And, uh, you know, is, is is that a reality, or is that just me as a as a music fan hoping? Well, you know, our friends definitely come and see us, but nobody sits in with us. We have a set of, uh, you know, of original material. It's not a jam band. And so we don't have people come up and, and uh, sit in with us. I would say if we were to have anyone sit in, the only two people I could imagine uh, sitting in with us is Keith Richards and Neil Young. Oh. But, uh, they're, they're busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, two big names right there. Listen, let, let us uh, congrats on, on everything uh, to you and, and the rest of the, uh, the folks. Uh, but before you go, leave us with anything that we should uh, should know about the album, uh, anything that we should know about uh, about the band. We'll be talking about it as we, uh, let, uh, we let you go. And please give us a website or a social media site where we could follow along with what you're doing. All right. Well, the thing about this band is, you know, like we've all known each other for a million years. <clears throat> we play together. We have telepathy together, which means we, we play together just instinctively and we know what to do. The album does. We're very, very, very proud of it, especially the songwriting. A lot of great songwriting on there and uh, a lot of rock and roll. So, you know, we're a rock and roll band, but we have really, really good songs. And we're very proud of that. That's how I would basically uh, categorize our band. And, uh, 
you know, we're going to, like I said, we're going to be touring more and playing more. We'd love to play for people, and we'll be doing more of that. And we have a, uh, uh, a website, Immediate Family Band, I think it's called, and social media, Immediate Family. It's all over the place. And uh, that's about uh, all the information I can give you right now. Well, Danny, great work on this, wonderful music. Uh, can't wait to see you live. Thanks a lot for being here. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Everyone, check uh, check out Immediate Family. Um, uh, you know, uh, professionals. These guys are, uh, you know, have uh, uh, you know have resumes behind them like uh, like you wouldn't uh, believe. Danny Kochmar, who we've just spoken with, has uh, has has written some of the. You know, the biggest songs of certainly Don Henley's got a tremendous uh, amount with him. Dirty Laundry was his. Uh, All she wants to do is dance. Uh, not, uh, not enough love in this world. Uh, New York Minute, um, and in with Jackson Brown, somebody's baby. Um, uh, just uh, yeah, just amazing. Uh, uh, Sunset Grill is his, and this is as a songwriter, as a producer. Forget it. I mean, uh, as a producer. And, and a session musician. Uh, he's played with uh, Bon Jovi, Billy Joel, Stevie Nicks, David Crosby, Neil Young, uh, Carol King. Uh, I'm just reading here a list. It's, tr- it's tremendous. Carly Simon, Linda Ronstadt, um, you know, again, uh, Steve Perry from, uh, from Journey, Warren Zevon, Van Halen, Toto. Uh, it just goes on and on and on. Um, they, uh, they released... Uh, a song of this band released a, a, a Spark song, the toughest girl in town. I thought it sounded familiar when I heard it, and it's uh, it's a remake of of the band uh, the Sparks. To very good, uh, very good song, and um, you know, look, it's uh, it, it's always interesting to see what people are going to come up with um, when you put that kind of uh, that kind of talent uh, together. You know, I asked him if there's ever any clashes. He's like, no, no, we're pros, you know. We're, you heard him, right? I mean, it's, uh, you know, almost <laughs> defensive in a sense. Um, you know, I, look, I guess at this point, uh, all of these guys have been sidemen and, uh, and, and different, um, for different major artists. So, I, you know, I would imagine that their, their egos have to be trained uh, to be a certain way. But anyway, great band. Um, and you know, I look forward to seeing these guys when they come uh, when they come out. Uh, they're also uh, the subject of the documentary "Immediate Family," and uh, you you could, you could check that out. Google that. ImmediateFamilyFilm.com uh, is is where you go. Danny Kochmar is uh, Kochmar. I'm sorry, is our very special guest, and uh, he's a renowned guitarist, producer, songwriter, and uh, certainly uh, extraordinary. Uh, resume behind as a session musician and as a producer. Uh, Danny Quatchmore uh, has been our very special guest. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. It's Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. Long Island Vibes. On 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. Now here's your host, Frank McKay. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here with a wonderful actor. He's got a resume a mile long. You know him from the Star Wars franchise, Heroes, The Star is Born. The second season of Castle Rock is upon us, and uh, everyone knows it's Stephen King uh, influenced, and, and Greg's a big part of that second season. Uh, he's also an advocate for epilepsy, 
and uh, and bringing awareness to the cause. And I'm thrilled to have him. Uh, Greg Grunberg, how are you? I'm doing well, and I'm so happy to be on your show. And, and thank you for giving me the time because, you know, it's it's great to talk about the exciting, you know, the Castle Rock and Star Wars and everything, but to be able to also mention something near and dear to my heart like epilepsy and, and you know, uh, it's just great, and so I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, well, before we get into Castle Rock, uh, how how are we doing with epilepsy? Are we making any, are there any strides that we're making? Uh, what What's an update? I know you're close, uh, close to the cause. Um, what can you tell yeah. us about any updates? Well, it's, um, you know, we are making updates, and, and it's a bright pipeline. It's a bright future in uh, all the therapies that are out there and the new medications and um, the doctors and the, and the epileptologists, the neurologists, they're all working so hard um, to, to give people options other than, you know, the medication is super important and, and taking your medicine at the, at the right time is important. But being the spokesperson for this and working so closely with the Epilepsy Foundation, I, I'm able to get information out there to people that I, you know, I'm exposed to. Like, I mean, I'm going to give you a crazy example. There are therapies out there that are that work, and Jake's got this thing called VNS therapy. It's a vagal nerve stimulator, and it, it goes right under the skin, and it attaches. Uh, there's a wire that goes to his vagal nerve. You can't see it at all. Mm-hmm. And when he has a seizure, um, it detects an increase in heart rate or whatever. You know, it detects that a seizure might be happening, and it'll it, a little electric impulse goes to his brain, and hopefully, uh, it, it and and it, again, it's not like he's a, he doesn't realize it's happening, but it, it's working um, behind the scenes, if you will, and it can stop the severity, you know, lower the severity of a seizure when it's happening, or actually stop a seizure right in its tracks, and. That is something that blows me away. Like, that's, yeah. to me, that's so futuristic, yet Jake's had it for over 12 years, and he, and, and it's, it's a combination of that, and, and by the way, if, if the people are listening out, out there, they can go to vnstherapy.com or epilepsy.com, uh, or my website is uh, talkaboutit.org to, to learn more about all this stuff. But just to know that, like, when we started going through, we didn't know anything about any medications or therapies or anything, and the Epilepsy Foundations are there to educate and to, uh, to, to inform, because the more you know, even, even if you don't have anything to do with epilepsy and seizures, go to talkaboutit.org or epilepsy.com. Learn what to do if you see someone have a seizure, because it's very basic. There's a lot of myths out there. Never stick anything in someone's mouth when they're having a seizure. Right. Turn them on their side. You know, and let the seizure ride itself out because most of the time it's going to be okay. Um, but get them to the ground safely so they don't hit their head. That's you know that's where most of the damage uh, comes from. But anyway, it's it's there's a lot to it. We've gone through this. I call it an epilepsy car wash all these years. Yeah. And it's been terrible, terrible, terrible. But it, but the wonderful side of it is that there are these incredible new therapies and 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 stuff in the pipeline. So it's very promising. But we have to find a cure. Yeah, it, you yeah. you mentioned Jake. Jake is your son. We should mention, and uh, and yes. he, he is also he also suffers from. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, medication resistant or, or drug resistant epilepsy, which is a which is a, a much different situation than those that can be controlled by medication. Is that correct? Yes, but we're, you know there are three million people that are affected uh, by seizures and epilepsy, uh, just in this country. Sixty five million people around the world. So. Um, it's, it's, it's as, as, uh, you know, you think about it and you say, okay, well, he's drug resistant. 
that just means that you don't respond to the first medication right, and you right. need multiple medications. So that really covers a lot of people. It's not like that's a small group. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, and, 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 and again, the goal is to control the seizures. You do not want to have a seizure in your sleep. Um, wonderful, wonderful person and actor Cameron Boyce this year. We lost him to epilepsy. Oh. And it's because in your sleep, you know, you, your, your brain can tell your heart. I don't, I'm not a doctor. I can't. But it's very, it's very scary to think that someone would have a seizure in their sleep and then the brain would just tell the heart, stop beating. Yeah, and and wow. when that happens, that, I mean, and, and that does happen. So you want to be able to make sure as, as much as you can control having, um, you know, the right medication or VNS therapy or whatever, that you, you know, control the seizures in your sleep or, or obviously during the day. But, um, and then sometimes it's not, the medication alone won't do it. So you've got to, Make sure you take a nap if you need to, or you, you know, your diet. You got to make sure you're not eating junk. Your make sure you're not drinking and doing drugs outside of your medication. All of that kind of stuff. And there's just a lot of information at epilepsy.com or my foundation's, uh, you know, talkaboutit.org to help people. Oh, terrific! And and listen, thank God you're you're talking about it. And and I I appreciate you mentioning not putting things in people's mouths when they're having a seizure. I've been telling people that for yeah. years. It is uh, it's more dangerous to do that than uh, than to to leave it be. Just get them to the ground. Make sure they don't hit their head. But anyway, Gren, uh, Greg Grunberg is our very special guest. We've got a couple of minutes uh, left with Greg. You know his work from Star Wars and Heroes, A Star Is Born. And just switching gears here for a moment, uh, Castle Rock. What can yeah. you tell us about the new season? People raving about the show, and and your work's always it's, great, Greg. But uh, tell us about Castle Rock. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, mean, I was so excited when I when I got the call that I was going to be going and playing the sheriff of Castle Rock. Um, Castle Rock is such a cool idea. It's you know all the characters that Stephen King has created through all of his incredible work, the short stories, the books, the movies, the everything. And you think about the one central theme is that a lot of this takes place in this town of Castle Rock. So why not have all these characters living in that town and let's, let's follow some of these creepy stories. And this year, it, it's, uh, this season, it's Tim Robbins and Lizzie Kaplan and many others, and, and I'm lucky enough to have done a, a handful of episodes. It, it drops in two days on Hulu, the whole season, and it is creepy, like really well done. So good. I mean, if you're a fan of the first season, you're not going to be disappointed. This is even better, I think, than, and the first season was incredible. Um, and my buddy J.J. Abrams, who I've known since, you know, we were little kids, yeah. uh, he, you know, he's a producer on this as well. And there's not much more I can say other than you're not going to be disappointed. This is amazing, amazing. And, uh, I think people are going to really enjoy it. Well, listen, you mentioned uh, names like Greg Grunberg, J.J. Abrams, and Tim Robbins, and I'm there for sure. Listen, uh, Greg, great work on epilepsy and the awareness. Uh, November is is Epilepsy Month, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, yep. uh, Epilepsy Awareness Month, and everyone uh, should be aware of that. Greg, thank you very much for being here. Congratulations for all your success. Thank you. I appreciate the time. Thank you. Greg Grunberg, everyone, has been our very special guest. You know his work from Star Wars, uh, Heroes, A Star is Born. He has a resume a mile long, a childhood friend of J.J. Abrams, and uh, that's interesting. Hopefully we can get him back for a longer stint here and, and talk about his relationship with J.J. Abrams, the great uh, director, filmmaker, just amazing. Anyway, his son, Jake, uh, is is a sufferer of uh, epilepsy, and that's what got uh, Greg Grunberg involved. 
and he has been a, a, a tireless spokesman for the cause. And again, November is uh, is, is the month of uh, of epilepsy awareness, and uh, yeah, very important. I have a, a very close friend with epilepsy, and uh, it's been so uh, misunderstood over years, and the, the seizures have been, you know, devastating at times, and. Uh, prevented you know folks from driving cars for years until medication jumped in and, and became much better and better better in tune uh, and medical uh, uh, knowledge has become much met, uh, much better but anyway Greg Grunberg has been our very special guest check out Castle Rock second season Stephen King influenced and and created uh, stories and and like you said creepy stories this is the second season. And you'll be able to see uh, Tim Robbins and uh, and uh, Greg Grunberg in there, and his uh, childhood friend J.J. Abrams. That's not bad. Uh, a nice uh, nice lineup. J.J. Uh, Abrams, I'm sure, is directing, and uh, some of these, I, you know, I don't know that for sure, but I'm uh, I'm sure if he's involved, he's involved from a direction standpoint, and that's always great. But again, from Star Wars fame, Heroes, A Star Is Born, and uh, of course Castle Rock. And again, we thank Greg for the work he does with ep- epilepsy and all of the work he's done on, on behalf of his son and other sufferers of epilepsy. Uh, Greg Grunberg, an excellent actor, really wonderful guy and, and great advocate. Frank McKay signing off. Everyone check out Castle Rock second season on Hulu. They dropped the whole series and you can watch everything and binge listen and binge watch to everything there. Frank McKay signing off. Greg Grunberg has been our very special guest. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. In many ways, Long Island is the story of America. It's Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. Long Island is definitely the place for you. Now, here's your host, Frank McKay, on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. And if you if you think you're you're hearing a repeat, you're not. Let me just say this: last night we talked all about Pawn Stars, Do America, and all the texts that I got were, well, what are the eight cities? You, you don't tell us the eight cities, and, and I was like, really? That's that's what you want to know? The eight cities? What did they do in the eight cities? And and all of this. Uh, let me let me just say this before I start. I I should have said this. I've read this book. It's called License to Pawn: Deal Steals and my life at the gold and silver. It's terrific. And I got it to one of you, a good friend of mine who was listening last night, and and you had like 100 questions. And I was like, oh, my God. I felt like Chumley. Everybody's beating me up, beating me up, saying, what, what city? What's it? And, uh, and, and I, I took it with a grain of salt. But uh, once again, we, we got Rick Harrison here. Who's, he's, the, he's the guy, right? I mean, Corey and, and Chumley are great. But the glue of this show, the guy who has, has put together these 19 seasons, is uh, this is him and, and Rick Harrison here with us once again. And I'll get clarification. I swear I will. And we'll find out the eight cities. And as long as he remembers, uh, we'll have that for you. Rick Harrison, how are you? I'm doing fabulous. You know, uh, I just had four months on the road. I got off two weeks ago, and uh, four months on the road was only like eight days back in Vegas. Wow. Uh, what are the cities? Everybody wants to, to know the, uh, what the cities are, and uh, and if they've missed you already, can they uh, can they hit you? Uh, is it kind of like an antique road show where they can kind of uh, find there find you and, and show it to you? What are the eight cities? 
Okay, so we finished. We've already finished filming, but gotcha. we okay. in, uh, Denver, Seattle, San Francisco, Austin, uh, Savannah, Georgia. Winston-Salem, North Carolina, Washington, D.C., and Valley Forge, Pennsylvania. I hope I got them all in there. And uh, we got, it was, you know, basically it was a venue. Uh, people showed up. It was a little bit like uh, Antiques Roadshow. People showed up a lot. We lo- advertised locally, and people just brought all their stuff down and um, had a bunch of crew from the pawn shop there, and it was me, Corey, and Chum. And um, we were looking at people's stuff, and we were buying stuff, and we spent a ridiculous amount of money across the country. And uh, we basically had a blast. Listen, it, it sounds great, and it sounds great for the uh, uh, for the people. Is this something that you you thought to yourself, "Hey, why didn't we do this before?" Well, I mean, we we thrown around the we threw around the idea for years, like the Pond Stars Roadshow, and uh, we wrapped season nineteen in April, and we're thinking like we should do something epic for season twenty, and then we just came up being like this, you know. Pawn Stars Roadshow, let's go ahead and do that because, uh, you know, we've been talking about it for years. We'll just make it a completely different series. We'll make it like two hours long and uh, we'll do these. Uh, we came up, we finally came up with a number of eight cities. And um, and after we we got all, agreed to everything, I'm looking at the title, I'm going like, I'm looking at Beavis and Butthead that I work with every day. I'm <laughs> like, no, let's go watch Pawn Stars to America. Yeah. Yeah, hey, perfect. I, I'm telling you, and it's tonight. Everybody can check it out tonight, and it's a must-watch. I'm going to urge everyone. We're going to talk uh, to Rick, and afterwards we'll we'll be talking about it again. Uh, I, it it has to be watched. There's eight parts here, eight different cities. Uh, Rick, did it all run together as one for you, or did you notice differences in the people at each city, or or was it kind of a combination? Oh, no, the people are definitely different between San Francisco and, like, Winston-Salem. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think I saw one um, uh, one NASCAR thing in San Francisco, but I saw a lot uh, in uh, Winston-Salem. <laughs> I mean, so, yeah, definitely different people, different stuff everywhere, yeah. Well, talk about San Francisco for a second. Did you, did you have a lot of... I, you know, and, and again, I, I say this with the greatest respect. You know, I mean, I'm, I, you know, I had long hair when I was a kid, and well, but did you have, a, did you come across a lot of hippie memorabilia in San Francisco? I would imagine there'd be a lot of rock star stuff, whether it's Grateful Dead or Janis Joplin or, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot I of the different. Come across, I did. I bought a bunch of stuff from like a bunch of uh, old concert posters from like the, uh, like the Fillmore, you know, the old, the old Bill Graham. Um, Posters where you know, um, you know. Obviously, you got to be on drugs to even understand what these posters say. Uh, they're, they're so psychedelic. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff like that we felt with, which was really cool. You know, like a bunch of old, um, you know, '60s, early '70s rock posters and some other things like that. Do you have so much footage? Uh, at each place, because I'm, I'm sure you just got flooded with things where you just can't get it all, it, all the interesting things that you'd like to get in. You just can't get it all into a show. Do you, do you have excess? Or is there going to be like, a, I don't know, lost episodes coming from this road trip? Uh, that I don't know, but like, uh, I don't know if we'll have the, that, those episodes. I mean, we, 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 we definitely have enough footage to do it because um, literally, I mean, you know, we didn't. We didn't plan on this many people showing up at all the events. I mean, so people were lined up and like. I mean, there was a few nights where we had to stay to, in some cities where we had to stay at midnight just to accommodate everybody. Um, but we were supposed to be closing at six. Uh, that's how much stuff was showing up. So, um, but we got a bunch of. Real, I mean, just 
weird thing after weird thing after weird thing. It was really, really cool. Give me an example of what, what you thought a highlight was uh, from your standpoint. I, and again, we might, as as viewers, as watchers, we might uh, have a different set of highlights in our minds than you do. But from your standpoint, what stood out to you about the uh, about the eight uh, eight city trip? Like one person, um, I think it was uh, it was either in Pennsylvania or DC. I, th- I think it was in Pennsylvania. Um, this person had a literally just and they just been in their family forever. Just sitting back at the barn was an old cannon, um, and it turns out that it was uh, most likely a cannon um, held by the Hessian missionaries. I mean, not missionaries, uh, mercenaries. Um, when um, because when George Washington fought at Valley Forge, he didn't fight the British. He fought Hessian uh, mercenaries that were hired by uh, the British. It, it was this was most likely a cannon that was um, seized by George Washington, and then we fired it. What? No, wow! <laughs> Sometimes you guys are just I having mean, it was too just much fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, no. So I mean, it was just a little bit of everything everywhere. It was just so, um, it was fun, and we just. Um, it was really refreshing because there was so much bizarre stuff, stuff that was just randomly showing up. Hey, let me ask you, and I've always been curious of this. Have you ever passed on something and and afterwards found out, why the hell did I pass on this? Uh, has anything uh, come up like that? I mean, I get that question a lot. Generally, I just say no because, uh, you know, I mean, if the deal's not right at the time, the deal not, deal's not right. The only thing I really regret was uh, a couple years ago, a guy... Uh, brought in some Pokemon cards and wanted a half million dollars for him, and Chum was begging me to buy him. He's going like, Rick, you don't understand. Just hold on to him for a year or two. They'll be worth a fortune. They're worth like five million dollars now in two years. We wow. from a half a million to like five million. You know, I should have bought those, but hey, you know what I mean. Um, you can't dwell on the past. It's hard to second guess. Uh- Whatever you do with all the success that you've had, Rick, you, you've been absolutely great and uh, thrilled to have you here. We're going to be talking about uh, this, and we'll be talking about it for weeks afterwards. Um, you're terrific. Um, can you give us a website, social media site, where we could follow along? Um, yeah, com. Rick Harrison, thank you very much for being here, and, and congrats on the new show. All right, thanks for having me, Bye-bye. Rick Harrison, everyone. Once again, this is our part two with Rick Harrison, and he's the mastermind behind Pawn Stars, and it premiered in 2009, and they filmed over 600 episodes, <laughs> accumulating uh, in tremendous uh, fan base. They were in 150 countries. He told me last time we spoke, 150 countries. Yeah, I mean, it's, come on, it's uh, hard to second guess. And he's uh, he's somebody. I I mean, I would never bring, I would never bring anything to him. I mean, he gets he, he gets things for dirt cheap, and you know he's gonna chisel you down, and that's what he does. But the people going there, and the last time I spoke to him, uh, you know, I spoke about this. They just want to sell him something. Many people just want to sell him something. They're not going there to get rich. I mean, if you're gonna if you have something like that, you go to antique road show where they're not buying it from you. They're they're valuing it. They're giving you an idea of what it's worth. Rick Harrison wants to buy it, and, and he wants to, to turn it around. Um, it's, uh, it's funny about uh, Pokemon cards for half a million, and now they're worth, uh, they're worth five million now. Um, yeah, I mean, I, wouldn't, I think I would have turned that down, too. You know, you never know with, 
the trends and things like that. And, and I'm sure Chumley uh, pounds his chest about that. Oh, I told you we should. Yeah, but, you know, if you, you spend half a million dollars and, uh, and you end up eating these things, uh, you know, by, by the way, baseball cards, and I know the, the top line, you know, the Mickey Mantle rookie and the Hannes Wagner uh, tobacco card, I mean, they always go up in value. But uh, a lot of the other ones didn't, and, uh, and they dropped in value with the popularity of, of baseball dwindling and whatever. But there's a, there, were, there were cards, that, you know, Mike Schmidt rookies were, were high at one point, and, and um, Tom Seaver rookie card was real high. My brother had one. He got one for like a quarter off of some kid and, and um, you know, kid his age and, you know, when we were kids, and then he held on to it and... And it was worth, uh, you know, several thousand dollars at one point. It was in good shape. And, um, you know, he didn't sell it, and it and went down in value. So things, baseball cards, uh, scared me off of collectibles, about buying collectibles. But that's that's just me. I mean, a lot of people have done very well with it, and, and a lot of folks we've had here. Uh, Rick Harrison is in, in a different league. He's buying things for dirt cheap. And, uh, and he's making money on his show, and he's making money on that. Uh, Rick Harrison has been our very special guest. Pawn Stars Do America, and uh, eight-part series is a new spinoff. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you next time on Breaking It Down. He's breaking it down so you don't have to. This is Breaking It Down with Frank McKay on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays.